At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, or superpower. You're the king, I tell you! SNES Podcast with your host, Soulblazer. Hello, everybody. This is the Super NES Podcast, episode number 229 this time. Uh, I am Greg, joined by always by my faithful co-host, Joe. Hello. And we're once again uh, very pleased and honored to have another guest guest host with us, as mentioned previously, previously like, like the past podcast. Uh, we're both very welcome to have Sean back in the podcast. Um, so, so, so thanks again for joining us again, Sean. Yeah, hello, no problem. Uh, as you may recall, as you may recall, Sean joined us, joined us recently a few months ago for the Actorizer uh, episode, and when we posted our list of, uh, of, of games of games we're covering this year, uh, Sean expressed interest in joining and joining us for a couple of, like, couple of games on that list, and this game here uh, is the first game he expressed interest in. Uh, we were covering, I'm sure some of you are probably, like, I'm sure some of you out there are probably seeing finally, considering this is the, probably the most, the most successful game in the system we've, that we haven't covered, the covered yet in the podcast, but <laughs> We're taking uh, we were taking a look at Secret of Mana this time around, uh, like on the podcast. So, um, at, um, as uh, as is as is ideal, and as it happily works out works out also in this case, uh, all three of us are coming are coming to this podcast with very different experiences and a very different history about the history like about playing this game. So, uh, you listeners out there will be able to get a wide range of perspectives, uh, perspectives and thoughts, uh, the spots like all this like much beloved classic game uh, as we dive like, like, like we dive deep into it like the podcast. Uh, first, uh, like first I'll go over uh, a few very basic details about the game just to set the scene for the, the, the set the scene for like first all. Uh, this is Secret of Mana was developed published by Square, which is now known as Square Enix. Uh, came out with Super NES uh, originally in Japan August 1993, with a North American release following shortly after, after like in October. Uh, and in a time when many uh, Square games did not get translated, uh, uh, translated or released in like, like Europe, Secret Man also got a power release. Uh, um, like about a year later, like November of '94. So uh, this is actually this is actually the second game of franchise, which we'll get into here uh, like very shortly about. But um, this this is the first this is the first game of the Mana name, and now which um, got released in the like in the West, uh, and it's part of a franchise that we now know very loosely like very loosely grouped together as the Mana franchise. Which, if you count original games, spinoffs, remakes, and collections. It's had a grand total of 17 games released, like released in the franchise so far, like so far, like at this point, since the first game, since the first game of the franchise came out back in 1991. So, definitely one of those still, like you know, alive and kicking franchises uh, for sure here. But and Secret of Mana was really where a lot of people start, uh, a lot of people started to uh, start the history of the franchise, the franchise with, um, uh, like including Sean, because they, um, uh, uh, Sean, why don't you tell us, if you don't mind, set the scene. You know like a little bit about your experience, background, like a background, like a background, like this game, uh, and what really, like, really stuck with you, uh, like about this, like years later. 
So I first, I remember I first saw the game. I, I came, I went over to my friend's house and he was helping his sisters with the game. And I had no idea what it was, but I remember the music really stood out to me immediately. And I'll, I'll just say it right now. This game has my favorite soundtrack of any video game. Um, it's it's a big part of what I love about it. Like the music alone just sells it for me. Um, but yeah, then at, at some point I got to play it myself, and uh, I so I was nine years old when this game came out, and I had played a couple of RPGs prior to it, but never really got into them. Like, the original Final Fantasy, I tried it for a bit, really didn't have a clue what I was doing in it, and got killed pretty quickly. This game, on the other hand, like, it eased me into it better than something like Final Fantasy did. And so I would actually credit this game as the game that got me into RPGs. Um, heck, I didn't even know it was an RPG when I first played it. I, I was under the impression <laughs> that an RPG had to be turn-based. And so, the, the, like, later on, it's like, oh, so so those numbers that are appearing when when I hit the enemy, those that's damage? I, I didn't even know that at first. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I rented this game many times as a kid. Ne never actually owned it on cartridge. Um, and I'd often play through it and, like, get stuck at a certain point. And I had a tendency back then to just, like, if I got stuck in a game, I'd just start over. So I'd, I'd play, like, the beginning parts over and over again. But then, like, so many attempts later, I'd eventually get past the part I was stuck at. And uh, there was something special about that back in those days, like getting to a new part of the game that I'd never seen before. Or maybe I had seen it off of somebody else's save file since you know when you rented games back then you could play off of mm -hmm. other people's save files and mm -hmm. so it's like oh wow it's this desert part i remember seeing this on a, a different save file before i can't believe i'm finally this far <laughs> um and yeah even so yeah it was a struggle playing this as a kid even though i still enjoyed the heck out of it um but i never beat it as a kid it wasn't until probably I emulated it later on in life and, and then I beat it then um, from start to finish. Um, so it was, it's kind of been, it was like a, an ongoing journey for me to, <laughs> to actually get to the end of this game. And uh, I've still, like I've still come back to it and beaten it several times since because I have it on Wii Virtual Console now. Not that you can obtain it there anymore, but I have it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's that's about it for like a synopsis of how I got into the game. Mm -hmm. Have you played any of the games like in the Mana series? I have played uh, the Japanese title Seiken Densetsu 3, which is now known yep. as Trials of Mana in the West. Yep. 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 Um, my brother and I played that one together uh, 
But it oh, was cool. okay. back then it was not available legally in the West, so we emulated that. I have I haven't played the remake of it. Okay, cool. Uh yeah, thank you. Uh yeah. Yeah, my experience is probably like middle of the road as far as two of us went. Uh, I borrowed this game from a friend shortly after it came out uh, because I was a um, uh, because I was seventeen, like when it was, like came out, uh, and so like I, you know, like, you know, I liked it, uh, but uh, I, but um, we even thought that was a good game. You know, it was just like you know there are other. The problem with the Super NES, there were so many great games. The bar was set so high that you know I just like okay, that was fun, just like uh, fun, and just returned to. Uh, returned him and that was it. Um, you know, I, I um, you know, I didn't think about this game, but uh, think about this game again like for many, many years. So uh, it wasn't you know going back and playing it again for the podcast. For, uh, for the podcast was really the was really, was really, was really only the second time I'd gone through the game. So, um, but I have, uh, but I have played it, uh, but I have played it. Uh, um, uh, but uh, but I did play the first the first Mana game, which we know, uh, which we know in the West of Final Fantasy Adventure. Uh, we'll talk about here like a bit when we get into the history somewhat. But uh, I've not played it. Um, you know, you know, I've only played bits and pieces bits and pieces of the Mana game since then. So, um, and Joe, I think that um, so I think that if I remember correctly, uh, you actually you actually were the one who had no experience like at all with this game coming into this, correct? Yeah. So <laughs> that's actually a really funny story. So. Um, I got the secret of mana, well, the mana collection on the switch. Collection of mana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I want to say like two years ago now. Um, and literally started playing, um, final fantasy adventure, played it a little bit, really didn't click with me and honestly never tried to play anything else on that compilation. <laughs> So I've had it for like two years, never played it. And then you brought it up for the podcast and I was like, well, I guess now I have a reason to play it. Um, <laughs> also, it's one of those games that like I, you know, pirated the, you know, remaster along with Trials of Mana on my Vita. So I've had them uh, even longer on my Vita and just never played them um, until this podcast. So my backlog is crazy. Um, if Anybody, no worse than mine. <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody listens to the Radical Retro Roundup, you know about my 1,000-plus uh, Steam library, which doesn't even touch what I have on, like, Xbox and physical media and everything else. So, like, <laughs> my backlog is ridiculous. Like, I still have to, like, go back through and play God of War 3. Like, I played the first two. I beat them. Never touched the third one. Haven't touched anything since. So... My backlog is ridiculous and legendary as well. Um, so I was kind of glad that I was able to at least uh, partly uh, complete this game uh, and kind of put a half check mark there. Uh, this will definitely be something, uh, spoiler, that I go back to and finish. But uh, yeah. as of right now, recording this podcast, I, I only got about four hours in. <laughs> Uh, okay, yep, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and you've not played like, any other like Mana games you said before, also, right? Like, nope, just the um, Final Fantasy okay. Adventures. And like I said, like I got you know pretty good into that. Probably a good two two okay, hours, something yeah. like that. And like I said, it just I don't know, it didn't click with me. And it could be just you know the Game Boy graphics. You know, here I am, twenty five years later, trying to play the game. You know what I mean? Well, you can't change that, you know. But <laughs> well, you get what I'm saying. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's actually 
Yeah, so that's actually like one of the great things about the collection. But we'll get um, I mean, we'll get into that you know like in a moment. Yeah. So oh, so cool. Okay, all right. Yeah. So um, all right. So with that stage having been set, and like so you understand the perspective that all three of us are coming from here as far as like, like as far as the game goes. Um, this is the second game uh, of its own Japan. Like as the uh, um, I'll try not to butcher this. My Japanese is terrible. Uh, as part of the uh, Saiken de Satsu uh, series, uh, which translates. So to translate in English as Legend of the Sacred Sword. So um, it, it, it's not commonly just, uh, um, uh, as I mentioned before, it, like, it's now just commonly known like the Mana, like the Mana franchise. So uh, this is the second uh, Secret of Mana was the second game for the, for the second game like that franchise. Uh, Square originally had planned had planned a had planned this game way back in 1987 as being like a um, uh, like being an ambitious RPG like for. Um, like the Famicom Disk System in Japan, but they eventually realized the project, the project was too ambitious. Uh, they abandoned the idea, and um, uh, kind of uh, like some of the ideas, the concepts ended up ended up being reworked and finding a way like to Final Fantasy. Uh, but then, like, eventually, a few, then eventually, a few, a few years, a few, a few years later, since they still had the the name trademarked, they tra- um, you know they, uh, they, they 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 slapped that name onto a new Game Boy project that they that they were doing. Uh, um, you know, uh, like that got released in Japan uh, as the first game, the franchise, in 1991. Uh, but wanting, but wanting to capitalize upon the success of uh, Final Fantasy, uh, the game was re-released. And when the game was released, I should probably more accurately say North America later on that year. Uh, it was named Final Fantasy Adventure uh, to, to to make it more uh, known, quote unquote, to, to like to American to American uh, to American video game players. Uh, Square did the same thing with the third, first three games, the Saga franchise. Uh, those got released in the Game Boy in North America as Final Fantasy Legend. So uh, this was not unheard of a company to do uh, back in the day. So, uh, and then curiously enough, that same game also got released in Europe as Mystic Quest. So, to, like three different, like so three different, like so three very different names of the game depending on where in the world you lived at. But. Um, so, uh, like I said before, I really love Final Fantasy Adventure. Uh, you know, I played the game when it was new. I, I thought it was a very like you know interesting, like, like interesting and like interesting action RPG. And just like Secret of Man is really just kind of like an improved version of that in many ways, because a lot of the same formula, the, the basic uh, the basic gameplay formula, how things work, was all taken over from that game with a few new additions to it. Uh, one of the things that makes uh, Secret of Mana like very unique, uh, and which has been used in every Mana, pretty much, uh, pretty much every Mana game since then, it's like the, like the, like the, like the ring command system. Uh, we can like you know, push a button to pause the action, uh, and, and uh, you know, and select an, you know, and select and select appropriate action from that ring, a magic item, whatever. So. Uh, because the game, because Secret of Mana, like most games in the Man series, like it's a like real time action RPG game, kind of similar to Zelda. Like it does have some Zelda uh, 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 vibes vibes going with it. The top dead, like it's a top down game uh, where you control like one character, like one character time directly, and you can like you know like you move around, attack your sword, whatever, uh, whatever. Like you know, and then also push the button uh, to bring up the ring command. The action RPG aspects of this game, done before the ring command, the, the ring command system, however, like was very new, and a lot of people like praised it. Uh, when the game came out, uh, when the game out, that came out like because of that. So, um, so uh, the game, like the game, is popular enough that you know, they're, 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 like the game is popular enough that that they're popular enough that more games followed. I should preface this by saying this is a this is a very 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 quick history about the history about the about this game, the man and the man franchise. If you want to learn more, I highly suggest. 
Uh, there's several very good uh, podcasts and YouTube uh, videos out there which you can watch, which go into much more depth about the uh, like about the I like about the game, the franchise, the franchise as a whole. Uh, that we can that we can hopefully that you, you that hopefully go into much more depth than we could ever possibly do in like a simple uh, like simple like a podcast here. So. Uh, apologies, apologies to anybody out there who may be looking for a deep dive. Uh, I, I would certainly, uh, I, I would certainly recommend to check out one of those. Anyway, um, this game was followed in 1985 by Trials and Mana, which was already mentioned. Uh, the third game in the franchise that never came out in the West officially, like to the collection. Um, and like you know, after that, a bunch of other games followed. Um, there was there was one other like so there was one other like main game in the franchise that came out, the fourth game in the franchise, but like Donna Man in 2007, and that was the last time. That uh, that a mana game came out that came out in the West uh, minus like minus uh, like minus remakes and collections uh, until later on this year when the fifth game in the franchise uh, Visions of Mana uh, comes out uh, that was announced uh, that was announced a few, a few months ago and a lot of people like um, a lot of people are very excited about that because uh, the Mana franchise definitely has definitely gained a lot of a lot of fans over the years and this is like I said this is the first main franchise game. To come out since 2007, so uh, a lot of people are hoping, or like hoping, Vision just ends up being the like to be like very, very good game. So there were several spin-offs, uh, mobile games, card games, etc., etc. That those were all like Japan only, um, and then there, um, so having like several remakes and collections uh, as already like or the, as already like mentioned previously. So. Um, if you want to play Secret of Mana today, it's available in several forms. As Sean mentioned, uh, the game was available like on the Wii and uh, on the Wii U Virtual Console. If you have access, if you have access to those, uh, the game it, the game is also included with the Super NES Classic Edition. Uh, like if anybody out there has one, like I have one, so uh, let's have the game on there. Uh, probably the best way to get the game these days, like it's a collection of Mana, which is available on the Switch only, uh, which came on 2019. It, it includes like slightly enhanced version. Uh, like the first three uh, second Dissatu games, uh, Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and Trials of Mana, with like you know save state features, better graph. Uh, sorry, the first games, the first game is really the first game is really, really the only one that has like graphical options. Uh, with two and three, all you, like all you put, um, the only option you can pick from is like full screen versus like uh, uh, full screen versus like original. Unfortunately, so uh, but it looks, uh, but yeah, you know the addition of save states and whatnot still make this like a very very good collection. Um, uh, like a collection, like a. Um, uh, collection for you. The collection was the collection was done by the way. Uh, the collection was done by company, by company in Japan, like named M2. So and M2 has a very good track record track record as far as like as far as like porting older games. Uh, they were also studio responsible 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 for all the Sega Ages games on the Switch. Uh, and they also handled the uh, so they also handled the Konami uh, Castlevania and Contra collections. So this is like this company like this company this is coming like very good track record as far as collections go and definitely shows here as well too. So um, and then the game uh, so the game like the game like Secret of Man was also released uh, was also released uh, was also released uh, like mobile platforms back at. Um, uh, back uh, back in 2010, I checked. Uh, it is still available on there, at least on the iOS store. I can't speak for Android, for Android, for Android because I don't have one. I just have um, you know, I just have an Apple phone. But uh, the mobile the mobile version is the mobile version is still on there for eight dollars. Um, and it plays it, it looks like it plays pretty well. Um, you know, like you know, typical touchscreen controls, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a few minor um, there's a few minor minor differences in that collection. Uh, sorry, then the version of the game which we'll talk about here uh, like in a bit. Um, there also was, however, uh, a full 3D 
Some people call it a remake, some people call it a remaster. The lie between the two can be kind of blurry sometimes, but you know, I'm gonna call it a remake. Uh, there was a full 3D remake of the game, which was released for the PS4, PS Vita, and Steam, as Joe already mentioned back in, uh, uh, yeah, back 2018. So lots of ways to play this game, uh, uh, like nowadays, currently. So, um, anyway, having said all that, um, Joe, since, so, so since this was your first time playing this game, uh, you know, um, so I'm curious to hear about your thoughts uh, as how you actually thought, um, um, yeah, like how the, um, like how the gameplay struck you because I, because I know you mentioned you Final Fantasy Adventure didn't really grab you. And this game, I feel like this game really has a lot in common with that with, with that game. With that game, since that game is a spiritual sequel to Final Fantasy Adventure. So, um, did you find yourself more entertained about the combat in this game, or how did the experience? Um, I mean, just tell us like, uh, like as far as your overall impressions and game experiences playing this game the first time, the, the first time today. It was a mixed bag. Um, Fair. So I like that as an action RPG, um, you have the ability to use the uh, little circle grid and be able to hot swap uh, your weapons and spells and whatever else. Um, in theory... That should be fantastic. It doesn't always work as fantastic as it sounds. Um, and it was a couple times where I had either the wrong equipment, you know, selected or I did the wrong spell. Um, and I didn't really have all that much unlocked. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I like that so part of me obviously i'm a traditional jrpg guy so i want walls not walls of text but i want menus i want to be able to select my actions go through that that whole thing action rpgs have never been my forte i i like them but it's not something i'm going to seek out um one of the things i really liked about uh the gameplay was the uh, integration of a stamina meter. Um, I thought that yeah. was really fun uh, to learn and to master, and that's definitely something that you need to know. Uh, mastering mm -hmm. the stamina uh, gauge is very important. Because um, let, let me tell you, before I fell in the hole when you get into the first village, your village, um, when you return to your village, and you have to fight kind of a boss. Uh, it's, it's a tutorial. It's, you're not going to, you're not going to be dead anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they tell you there, like hit the enemy when it's at a hundred percent before that, I'm just tapping the, you know, that the a button or in, you know, the switch case, the B button or on the beta, the X button, I'm just like mashing it and just, you know, and I'm doing little damage and I'm like, well, um, I'm a young kid who just fell down a waterfall. I picked up some rusty sword out of the stone. Like I'm, I'm not powerful. I haven't gained experience. So this like one or two damage that I'm doing makes sense. Little did I know that even from that point in the game, if I had been paying attention and a little more patient, I could have been filling up my stamina meter and probably dishing out, you know, fives and tens and getting to my village a little quicker than what I did. Um, 
Well, I don't feel bad because I had a very like similar experience playing this game like, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, because, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because like because like the, because the Santa thing, it's present in Final Fantasy Adventure, but it works a different way. Right. So I, like so like so I'm you. I'm also not patient. Mine stays also just to go in there. Like go there, like just go slash, yeah, yeah. slash. But, um, but you know, but, um, uh, but so I'm running, but, but it works very similar to another game, like, like again, they're real. Like, um, I'm not sure if you guys like played Crystals. I have not. I, uh, but I know it's available on Switch, so I, yes, I feel like I should pick that game up at some point. <laughs> I really like it. Crystals, Crystals also uses that same, that same be patient, yeah, let your power gauge yeah. fill up before you swing the sword thing with it. So, and like, you know. I don't love that in games. I'd rather just like you know just just like push a button and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, having said that, the standard gauge does you know the standard gauge does allow you to have some more flexibility with your flavor gameplay once you get used to it. So um, I yeah yeah I, I don't don't think the game telegraphs that very well. I think like modern gamers probably might especially like nowadays because modern games don't really do that really right. the, like really not that I can think of at least. So uh, when which is more common back in the day, like I said. Stalls also like also did something similar to this like the same um you know from the same time period so um yeah so yeah so that yeah so that yeah so that's just a long about way of saying like the system I the of system I, I definitely have like a mixed bag feelings about because it's like it's good in some ways bad in others but it, um, and I just also want to bring up because yeah. I, none of us are probably going to talk about it at all but I I just wanted to highlight that. This game's multiplayer, if you want it to be. I, w- um, I was going to mention that, yes. Okay. I figured none of us played multiplayer, yeah. so there re- really wasn't yeah. much to talk about there. But I wanted to mention that, like, the fact that you can actually get two other friends with you. Um, was very amazing at the time for Right. I was thinking, like, Super Nintendo, like, you're a young kid, you have this game. And, yeah, of course, you have to start the game off by yourself. And it's going to be a while before you get those party members to be able to have them play mm-hmm. with you. But at some point, this game basically becomes a party co-op game. Um, and yes. that's that's yeah. kind of fun. It wasn't the first game to do this. Final Fantasy IV also like also allowed somebody else to play along with you and control like control like one of the characters' uh, um, uh, movements in battle. But it was, uh, but it really was advertised as such. You know, as right. such, so there was a hidden feature. Whereas this game, right in the box, it says it says multiplayer action. Yeah. So uh, and so this definitely was like very very cool. Um, but yeah, so I so like so I did this a little bit with my friend who I brought up the game from back in the day. Um, uh, Sean, I, I know you said you played Trials of Mana uh, co-op with your brother. Did you ever do this game? Yes, we, I played Secret of Mana with my brother and with my friend and I think with my cousin, too. Um, oh, cool. All right. Only ever did it two-player. I never had the multi-tap that allowed you to do three mm. players. Yes, okay, yep, yep. Um, the, uh, uh, the Switch version, by the way, the version the version, the version that's included in Collect of Mana still, uh, still has the multiplayer support, uh, by the way. Oh, so, oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you can still do that. Uh, it, it, it's easier to do these days. You yeah. go, you still have to have like three controllers, but uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's local multiplayer, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> not yeah, that it yeah. matters. My Switch is banned from online, anyways. But <laughs> uh, uh, side note, I don't know why the collection man was only for Switch only. I, I probably just because Square probably figured that in the Square probably, probably figured the collection probably wouldn't sell that well. So I'm it's thinking like, it. Partially has to do with Nintendo being like our Game Boy games and Super Nintendo games are not going to be on another console. Maybe. Just I mean, could, could could be, yeah, yeah. But 
Um, I also, um, so I also, I also saw some reports. I can't confirm this, but I saw some reports that it's believed Square may have lost some of the code for this game originally. So they may have like so, like so, like so. Port goes. They didn't have help to get the game ported over right. anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, like so, uh, like so. I don't know how true that is, but you know, but um, you know, um, you know. And luckily these days, luckily, luckily these days, these days, Nintendo and Square have patched the relationship, the relationship back up uh, because was, because of Rocky there like for a while yeah. but mm-hmm. um and sean i think you mentioned before before to me before to me uh, uh before to me and that was going to uh, definitely and definitely do want to talk about this um uh this game this game may have been a reason as to why uh uh, uh there may have been a reason as to one of the possible splits 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 to happen between nintendo and, uh, nintendo and square back in the day because uh this game this game this game was originally designed for a plan to be a launch title for the super nes cd player which never came out so um they really the devs the devs really want to keep the game as CD required and put the game somewhere else. But because of the because of partnership with Nintendo and pressure from the pressure from the square the square higher ups, they eventually the developers the developers venture told no, we're making this a card only. You have to so you have to you have to adapt to it. So um, a large amount of the game, up to forty percent by some reports, had to be like left of the uh, had to be chopped out to make the game fit like under the. Um, uh, uh, the small card size. So uh, this probably did not help things with uh, the, 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 uh, probably did not help things between like between to help things between the two companies because Square really planned upon this being this huge ambitious you know CD required game uh, and then to be told a few months later the project that uh, I mean, the entire project was scrapped. Sure, certainly that certainly led some butt hurt at the company. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, this game's history is. Uh... It, it's kind of tragic that it was caught in the crossfire of all that, and it's like who who knows what kind of game we would have ended up with if it had managed to stay on the CD. Uh, yeah, for sure. But uh, uh, before we move on too much, um, Sean, um, um, uh, had you played games similar like similar to this back in the day? Um, and like you know, what do you think about playing this game now versus like uh, versus like thirty years ago? Uh, do you still think the gameplay is still as fun as you remember, like being back uh, back then, or do you think modern gamers are, like just um, uh, you know might have seen might have seen frustrations, frustrations, and experiences that Joe had? So, as far as games like this that I may have played before, I guess you you made a comparison to Zelda before, so that's probably the the most immediate thing that comes to my mind: um, top down attack enemies with a sword, that kind of thing, and I think that's part of why this game drew me in when other RPGs prior didn't because like okay I understand this kind of gameplay I, I don't understand these menus and stuff even though I'm I'm fine with that kind of gameplay now but back then as a kid it was it was a struggle for me um, as far as how the game has aged I do think that if you didn't play this game back in the day, you may have some issues with it. Um, I, I remember I watched someone play it on Twitch who had never played the game before, and he was really having trouble just understanding a lot of things about it. And and I, I get it now that I see someone, I, I, that I've seen someone do that. Because, um, like... 
when you when you would attack an enemy, sometimes you'll miss them and like the game's calc the the stat calculations factor into that, but the game never tells you that. And so, mm-hmm. it, yeah. and and it also doesn't give you a whole lot of feedback. Like if you're if you attack an enemy and it doesn't do anything, it's not real clear if the reason is they just dodged it, or you didn't hit their hitbox, or mm. they were still in iframes. There there could be any of those reasons why you didn't actually do damage, and the game does not tell you which one of those it was. So, I I, I kind of get why he was frustrated with the game and like just not understanding how how damage is dealt and just the 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 mechanics do seem janky from a modern perspective i i totally understand that so i i would caution people who want to play this game now for the first time yeah i was thinking like the underlying mechanics were kind of like playing D&D. So every time yeah. you hit the action button to attack, it's a dice roll. Um because mm-hmm. I noticed sometimes like I would miss. Just completely <laughs> miss. But yet I would just hit the button again and then like, oh, critical hit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, like that's super like one extreme to the other, but like that's that's how I just put it in my head as far as like writing it off. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, it's D and D mechanics. Okay, so now I expect this certain amount of jank to be here when I go yeah. into battle. Yeah, and like enemies behave differently too when it comes to attacking them. Like some of them, you can stack damage on top of them. Mm. Like you hit them while they're stunned, and then the the next damage number will pop up in a moment. But then some enemies later on, you can't do that to at all. You have to wait for them to be completely unstunned before you can hit them again. And yeah, the game just doesn't convey any of that to the player. It's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I agree with all that. Uh, you know, so like, so I am pleasantly surprised that Joe actually ended up having some fun with this uh, because I was afraid based upon based upon the stuff that Sean was just saying that you know I think I, I think you're right. I, I think that um, you know I, I, you know I think I, I think this is a very hard game for 2024 for somebody without any experience with, with like a mana game uh, to pick up play pick up and play. So um, if you have experience with a mana game, I think you're I think you're probably doesn't have to be this one, but I think if you have any um, but I think if you have um, any experience at all with with, with the mana game? It, it, it's an easier transition for for you, but still, yeah, there's there are definitely some things, some things mechanics in this game that in, the, in this game that have not aged very well in the last thirty years or so. So, I will say that uh, because of the experience I had, if anyone hasn't played this game and is looking to try to play this game or has ambitions to play this game, play the remake slash remaster, whatever you want to call it. Play that version. Um, I'll get more into it when we start going over to the details of how we felt like playing the game and everything else. But there okay. are definitely um, some things and a reason why I switched from the classic SNES version to the remaster slash remake, whatever. <laughs> well, we will talk about the remaster later on in the podcast for sure. So, um, but uh, um, okay. Um, uh, actually, uh, actually, looking back at 
I actually, looking back at it now, I think these games are from, so I think these games are roughly at the same time period, but, uh, but we didn't have an experience with the, um, experience with the games in the West yet. Uh, the overall, the overall gameplay works like, uh, you eventually get a party of three. You can directly, like, your, your top-down view, like, directly control, like, one person. Um, you know, you switch out, switch out any time. The AI controls the other two characters. It's very similar, like, to how the Star Ocean games play. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have any experience with like, playing those games, but the main difference—the main difference between those games and Star Ocean actually goes to a dedicated battle screen, a uh, lot RPG. Whereas with, see, with like with mana games, it's just all like action-based. You're on the, uh, you know, you know, you just fight the enemy one on one or two on one or whatever on the screen. But the overall, but the overall mechanics and gameplay reminds me a lot. Reminds me a lot like about those games. So I believe that I believe that uh, Secret Mana, uh, sorry, the first mana game for uh, Final Fantasy game for Final Fantasy came out first but uh yeah so anybody who's played star ocean i think also also have more of a familiarity or comfort or comfort like these games because of that reason yeah i haven't played star ocean but i i've seen a little bit of it and i have played the Tales series of games so i i think there's some similarities to tales as well yeah, the Tales franchise also the also shares some like similarities like for sure. So, um, but uh, so one of the so one of the interesting things about this game and really one of my biggest complaints uh, back then as it is now this game is the like the overall AI. The enemy AI is fine. It's not great, but you know at least it's like competent enough that at least it gives you like a good challenge. You know, I wish the game did explain more of what's going on for things like Joe was just talking about, but. Um, but the player AI for the other, um, you know, the AI, the the AI when you're your party members to help you out, uh, it's rough. It's wonky. Uh, they're definitely uh, you're there for times. There are different times that your eyes get stuck behind trees or rocks or rocks and what uh, slight amount of to do. With they like hit them free. Uh, times they don't. Times they don't attack an enemy or don't use the right. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, they don't. They don't go about or are using magic as opposed to a weapon or vice versa. It's like it's like it's like I I'm constantly with easy enemies. I just with easy enemies. I just just take the hero and be done with it. But with the uh, but in more complex fights, I'm constantly having to switch between person to person to person to try to try to fix some of the issues the guys having like that person uh, try to throw them for me. So it, it's definitely it's definitely a mixed bag. It's ahead of the time and I appreciate it for what it is. But man, it's rough, especially having to go back to these days. Yeah, they, they do get stuck behind things a lot, and there's unfortunately really not anything you can do about that. Um, and another kind of issue is that um, your allies, by default, are set to like prioritize defense, which I really don't think they should have done that. You have to go into the, the game's action grid and move them over to attack, to get them to like actually start attacking the enemy. So anyone playing this game for the first time, I would highly recommend as soon as you get your party members, go into that action grid and move them so that they'll actually start <laughs> doing damage. <laughs> right. Uh, so another frustration I had with this game, which is kind of related to AI, is the fact that uh, it's fact that it's fact that there are times, and Jill, this also may be part of the issue that you were having. Um, uh, you may push a button to attack. Uh, attack, uh, but uh, to attack, but the attacks not, they, but the attacks not registering. And one reason, like one reason, the attack may not be registering is because the enemy may be doing their ex- the, the, the the enemy may be doing uh, may be doing an action themselves. Yeah. And the uh, because the because the game has an, has a pecking order like D and D, where it's like okay, the, okay, this action goes first, then this action, this action. So you may be thinking, okay, this is going to hit, 
but but because the attack is happening at the same time that the enemy is doing something that can't, um, you know, nothing happens. Mm. Um, you know, a similar vein, um, your attack may seem delayed because you're because 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 the attack from one of your AI companions it gets like first priority uh, as far as this like like how CPU goes. So there definitely can be some frustration with the combat. It makes a very janky experience in places because it's like you're not. Uh, even when you understand how the how the stand system how the stand system, system works and whatnot, there's still issues because be issue because those things going on there. So modern games have fixed that issue uh, happily, but but you know again you know, limitations of Super NES and whatnot. It just like it's a very janky combat system system for sure. So I think some of the issues we were having earlier, Joe, with like you know your frustration with the combat would definitely do would definitely do a large part to that. Yeah, and I mean there were other frustrations there, and you guys kind of touched upon it, like. The AI, um, I literally put in my notes, the AI sucks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My party members were always getting stuck, which then, of course, is, you know, stopping my progression. I got to go back or collect them or A, switch characters and move them out of the way. Um, The other thing is, like, NPCs getting in the way and things of that nature. Um, And Mm -hmm. I already discussed the weapon ring. Um this was actually the AI getting hung up on different objects um, and causing me to go double back when I was like ripping and ready to go and just keep exploring was actually the reason I switched over to the remaster. Um, I got mm, okay. so tired of having to go back and collect the AI that I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, the remake can't be this bad. And sure enough, <laughs> the remake, it's not great. Um, the AI is still pretty dumb. Um, but <laughs> by default, the AI does attack the target that you are attacking. So that helps. Oh, that's a plus. Okay. Um, and the AI is smart enough not to get stuck on stuff. And if they do separate from you and they do get stuck, as soon as you move to the next screen or the next area, they magically warp with you. So um, I, I, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm sticking with the remaster. But um, <laughs> everything else I loved about this game. <laughs> but it was really that one hurdle. And then, you know, once I was playing the remaster, which I said, like, I, I kind of feel like it was cheating because I wasn't dealing with the really dumb AI and getting stuck on everything. And like, I know that's like part of the experience, but it wasn't a very good part of the experience. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, I I got to experience, you know, the beautiful graphics on the super Nintendo. I got to listen to the wonderful music. This game has, um, another complaint that I had was that, uh, sometimes when the screen gets a little busy, the music cuts out and, that's kind mm, of a yeah. bummer. Um, that doesn't happen in the remaster, thank God. Um, and I, I truly think the remaster is probably what the developers had in their mind as the ultimate, or close at least, you know, gr- yeah. Um, yeah. not only script wise but also musically, um, what their right. vision was at this time. Because obviously, graphically, it wouldn't look as good as it does, you know, on a Vita or a PS4. But oh, that's right, right, um, yeah. yeah. You know, picture these Super Nintendo graphics, but with, like, CD audio, orchestra, like, music, and, uh, you know, obviously the amount of information they get put on a CD. Um, it, it, this probably 
would have been like a CD cartridge combo. I bet, I bet you, uh, this would have been an incredible game to be able to use both of those medias to come together and form the game. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's why the developers fought so hard to keep the game on right. CD. But um, no, for sure. Uh, those are all, yeah, those are all valid points. I can't argue with that. Uh, you know, I will talk about the remake a little bit here toward the end, but. Um, I think the, for me at least, I, for, for me at least, I think the combat engine, while it is clunky, uh, is not enough to sink the game. It's not enough to like cause you, 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 cause you put down, and stop playing. No, not now, at all. Now from, um, you know, now for me, that you know, I've experienced with the original game, so I know how it is. You know, you, you know, having played this game before, deciding to finally you had enough of this and want to go to the remake, I totally understand because it's like again, it's like what Sean we were talking about earlier. This could be a very hard game for people for people nowadays to get into. But yeah, and that's the thing; it's not even the combat. I was okay with the combat. It was just like the AI, just like getting stuck on things. Like that's like yeah, I mean the combination of those two. Yeah, things, sorry, I mean like, you know, like I, 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 that was but, the yeah. biggest thing. I'm like, oh, this is like programming 101. Like, how do you mess that up? <laughs> Well, I mean, like you know, it, 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 uh, yeah, AI was not very good back uh, back in those days. There are other games that also had AI companions. Yeah, you're, you're, companions you're correct. <laughs> yeah, the, and they all acted like very stupidly as well too. So, um, you know, I do agree. You know, that's where I think you and I differ differ a little bit. For me, that bad AI wasn't enough to, wasn't enough to cause me to stop playing the game. So, uh, you know, it did. But having said that, I totally understand and I totally understand and appreciate that. I appreciate where you're coming from. Um, uh, Sean, uh, I know you've already said a little bit about this. What's your thoughts, uh, like about, like about, like about the issues, the issues, the issues that Joe and I, that Joe, that Joe and I, flavors are talking about. Uh, so I do want to touch upon the the music issue, how it cuts out when things are going on in in the game, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it, this is another thing that's unfortunately a victim of the. Uh, the fact that it had to get put on cartridge because yeah. they developed this soundtrack for a CD game and the, the Super Nintendo unfortunately just didn't have enough sound channels to manage both the music and the sound effects right, at the same right. time. But that's also why the music is so good mm. because they made <laughs> use of all those channels to create the, this just like symphonic experience. Um, right. Yeah. So the the AI, yeah, that's it, it's an issue. That's there. There's really no two ways about that. Um. Uh, what what else specifically did you want me to touch upon? Um. So, uh, would you agree that somebody that somebody like um? Uh, so, like, so would you agree that most people that most people think trying to play this game today for the first time would have a kind of same experience of Joe and get frustrated by the combat system, like by the AI? Oh yeah, because I like I mentioned earlier, I I saw that happen myself when <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah, someone yeah. play it on Twitch for the first time, and yeah, he. He he did actually finish the game somehow, but it left a sour <laughs> taste in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me also ask you, Sean, then, because you and I have experience playing this game back in the day. For me, even though for, for like for me, these limitations grate on me more now than they did back then. But it wasn't enough. But it wasn't enough for me to stop playing the game. It wasn't enough for me to diminish my enjoyment of it. It's like you know because because I. Because I had experience with Atari this back in the day, um, I still was able to power through it despite those problems. Um, like, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I. I mean, I I played it 
over and over again, despite like yeah. getting stuck at parts and restarting <laughs> the game. Um, yeah, I, I didn't stop. I I just kept yeah. at it, and the the gameplay did not. Uh, re- really, the gameplay was a benefit for me just because it was real time and I understood it better than a turn-based game. Mm. Um, sure. The jankiness, like, I, I'm sure I noticed it as a kid, but it didn't really bother me. Um, it bothers me a little more nowadays, but I'm so used to the game now that I can just play it and it's not really a problem for me even though I recognize that it is flawed, it's just like, okay, this is how the game is, and I'm going to keep playing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are there are by the way, uh, besides the music issue, there are there are numerous bugs and issues and issues with this game. Probably um, in part um, partly because Probably because because it's very like you know rushed uh, a rush release in the West. Uh, this is uh, all, all this bugs by the way has made it like a favorite speedrunners to run because uh, you can break this game in, in some severe ways. Yeah, so like I might as well just say this now since, since we're on the topic. Uh, regular regular uh, full hundred percent playthroughs of this game on YouTube run about like uh, um, you know run anywhere from like. Um, uh, those videos are anywhere from like, like eleven, to, you know, eleven to twelve hours. Um, but people, but people have, but people, but people have done speed runs of this game where it's like the f- a full glitch. This run is three minutes, three hours, fifty, three hours, like three hours and fifty-seven minutes. Wow. Uh, or, uh, or, or if you use all those bugs to break to break the game, uh, people, uh, people have. Uh, people have speedrun the game in like an hour, fucking forty minutes. Jeez. So uh, they're definitely so yeah. So yeah, because of, because of those bugs and issues, this definitely this definitely is the favorite game for speedrunners to play over the years. So um, and speaking about that uh, rush release, uh, the Square really want to get this game out in time for Christmas uh, for Christmas nineteen ninety three. So uh, not only not only, like none of the game uh, hurriedly ported over to the West, which resolved some of the bugs and issues uh, that um, you know that's present in the game. The translation, the translation, the script of this game is very notorious uh, because the fact that uh, Square used uh, the same person who would, the same person who translated to translate to translate like a bunch of other games. Uh, uh, Ted Woosley uh, to, 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 to translate this game. Uh, however, he was given three days to, to, to like, do the, like, like, do the, like do the whole translation. Yeah, that's so, nothing. Yeah, it was uh, unfair. To <laughs> yes. Uh, to this, yeah, to this day, Ted says, Ted, Ted says it was a difficult, difficult project he ever worked on, but I almost killed him. So, uh, to make matters worse, uh, the script was not given to him in a very coherent, coherent manner. It was, like, it was like, you know, presented to him kind of like in disorder. Like disordered and disordered and disorganized groups. So we had to like you know take time, spice it all together, figure out like what was going on, where like where whatnot or whatever. So because um, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people complained back in the day about the script, like how bad it seemed, and like you know knowing now what I um, uh, you know like what happened back then, I, I get it. Because this guy really did not this regular this guy really was given a possible project like did the best he could with it. So uh, and then again another issue another issue with another issue was the same issue we had with always Japanese to English. You know English takes up like more space. There wasn't space in the cart for it. You know part of the script had to be like you know cut out to make room in the cart. 
Uh, there are numerous problems, uh, like in the script. So, um, all that said, the story for this game, while it's not original, definitely not original. I mean, like, you know, how many times have you heard the whole, you know, empire trying to take over the world, evil, uh, evil magic, bad things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera thing. Uh, while it's not a very original story, it is well told. Uh, for, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, despite the sports despite the butchered script and the time period that came out it came out in so, so um I really give I really give both the original Japanese the Japanese writers and also Ted a lot of credit for like like for trying to get a good story into this game despite the issues. The developers have said the developers said like I've said the original Japanese script like is much darker. Like had a very like darker story. Parts of it had to be cut behind. The other parts of the story had to be like modified. Presumably, presumably Nintendo's behest to make the game like more like you know within the code of conduct for release in the U.S. By the time so um did you ever uh uh did you mind the did you mind the story or script back in the day sean um uh, um uh uh you know did you like it or did you notice the same issues the same issues that i did as far as the as far as like what was going on here with this but uh uh, uh thing back in the day i i wouldn't have known a difference it just i i ate up the story that it gave me and i was fine with that um, I, I never would have even realized that so much of it was missing. Um, no, nowadays, it's like, wow, uh, th- there, there's definitely a lot of missing information here, and it could have been so much better, in part due to the content being cut anyway, and two, mm-hmm. because yeah. Ted Woolsey had so little time to translate it. Um, but... I, I think despite the challenges from multiple directions in this game, that they, they actually put out a, f- a fun written script. Um, I, I mean, I, he, Ted Woolsey, like, I, I'm a fan of his work in Same. all yeah. the, like, Squaresoft games that he worked on over the years. Um even though his translations are not necessarily by the book, I think he adds a lot of flavor to the text. Like, a, like t- just an example of one of my favorite lines from the game is when uh, in the, the sand ship, when the, the girl gets taken away and uh, the... She she's like with the one of the like the captains of the the ship, and he's like telling her to massage his shoulders, or I, I don't remember the exact line there, but but right, then, yep, but then yep, she yep. she responds to him, "I'd rather have my gum scraped," and I'm I'm sure it did not say that in the original Japanese text, but Woolsey <laughs> added that in, and I just I just think it's great, and and then there's another one later where the. Uh, the empire says they want to talk peace and the resistance goes to the castle, but then of course it ends up being a trap. And then you talk to the resistance leader, Chrissy in, in the cell. And she says, Emperor Van Dole is a dog. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's little things like that that I think just give the, give it so much character. 
Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I thought the story was fine. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, like I did notice, I, I, uh, I, def I, uh, I, I, def I definitely noticed the script issues back then. Just like, you know, it was better, to, uh, but, you know, but, 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 you know, it was there, but it was better, a better, a better script than Final Fantasy IV had, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it was, like, terrible, they're, they're terrible translation and whatnot, so it's like, uh, yeah, it was fine. Um, the mobile version of the game uses 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 a slightly enhanced version of the script uh not not major differences they did uh they did clean it up uh they did uh they did, uh, they, did uh, they did uncensor some of the some of the parts of the script that Nintendo had required to be censored uh for its original super NES release um um, you know, you actually see references like killing and death uh, in that version of the script, like, for example. Um, but beyond that, it's not all that different. Uh, we've, so we're talking about this, uh, like, uh, talking about this, like, with a podcast. The, the collection uses the original Super NES script, um, it looks like. Um, the remake, however, uses the, the, the remake, however, uses the original Japanese script, uh, like, the game. So it's like much more, like, detailed, uh, detailed, involved, uh, like, in-depth, etc. Um, so, uh, uh, did you mind the story like at all, Joe? Did you think the story of the game like was all right, like what it was? So, for what I played through the uh, Super Nintendo version, um, I mean, the story is in general pretty basic. Um, you know, mm -hmm. hero doesn't know he's a hero, stumbles into destiny. He must quest to get stronger. Eventually, returns to his village triumphant. You know, world is saved. Um, in the little bit of time I played it, even with the regular Super Nintendo version and the remaster, um, I felt like there was not enough character development. There was definitely more character development in the remaster, um, but even then, um, that that version is kind of brought down by the voice acting. They just sound kind of zombie-like and not really into the project. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, by the time I got the Thentinos, I was just like, oh, okay, generic bad guy, cool. And I was there for it, like, you know, and like I said, you know, I'll go back and I'm going to finish this game, but uh, it really hasn't had anything, like, at least Final Fantasy IV, now keep in mind I was playing the remaster, the pixel remaster, um, that had some moments where, like, I, I felt something, you know what I mean? And, like, and that took me yeah. for a ride. And, like, this one, I just felt like it was all hinged on the gameplay. And if you weren't yeah. digging the gameplay, I didn't think the story was strong enough to keep you there. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's true for a lot of, like, Super NES games, uh, like, for sure. You know, like I said before, the story's, the, the story's definitely not original. Uh, you, know, I, like, you know, I think the story is fine for what it is, though. Um, and, you know, I also agree with Sean when he said the character, the, the, the character development, while it may not be there... The actual, the actual lines and stuff the characters speak when they actually do and, and how they change in the game, uh, you know, is there enough to keep yeah. you interested? So, you know, I, like, so I do think, so while the story may not be great, I think that, uh, you know, I think the story for what it is, I mean, like, it's perfectly sound, uh, uh, fine. Um, but, uh, we talked about the, so we talked about the graphics and music here a little bit, uh, but just actually, like, you know, zero in on that point, like, for a little bit. The graphics are very similar to other, like, uh, RPGs, the, 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 of the system, top down, uh, top down, that kind of stuff. That said, um, you know, these are very good graphics. So even, like, nowadays, they still look very pretty. Uh, you know, the sprites are large, detailed. Um, the game looks, the game looks, the game looks car car cartoonish while crossing a line, I think, if that makes sense. Um, you know, the, the, you know, as many eye-popping colors, you know, good variety of locations, uh, whatever. Uh, the only location I really didn't care for that all, all that much graphically, like, was the Mana Fortress toward the end of the game. That also, you know, that all seems very, the, 
you know, that place that they all seem like very bland and similar and similar to me, but uh, most of the actual voice stages that you go through are very, you know, like, you know, very bright, colorful, um, you know, like very well done graphics. They're graphics. These graphics were gorgeous back then. There's, uh, you know, they're still gorgeous now. So uh, the music, as Sean already mentioned, is a very good soundtrack. Uh, this was composed by Hiroki Akikuda, his, his very first game, by the way, um, who's also gone on to write music for several other, like, uh, mana games as well, as well also. Um, so, uh, and he was trying to, he, like, he was trying to come up with, like, a soundtrack that was, that was similar to, but distinct enough from Final Fantasy, as to be, like, very, like, you know, had its own, like, uh, you know, definite definition of, of a game that people were supposed to that the, uh, of a game that people associated the music for, and it succeeded. You know, like um, I don't think this music is so. This music is not my top my top soundtrack, like it is for Sean, but it definitely is up there. Uh, you know, again, Super NES has so many great games for it. You know, but like you know, like um, uh, um, uh, it's like a little bit unfair to this game. But the music, the music of this game is definitely very, very good. There's some very like memorable songs and just songs in here. Uh, it's a very like like my first time ever. It's a very rich, rich, ambitious, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sounding soundtrack. It really fits the stages uh, and, and and characters that said that the songs that the songs are connected to uh, like in many ways. Most of the man and music I think is very good. Final Fantasy Adventure also had some bangers in it. Too, so, uh, but, but I think the soundtrack is definitely a highlight uh, like this game for sure. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, and I, I've read that um, Hiroki Kitu, Kikuta was actually inspired by his travels to exotic places like Fiji, and that's why mm-hmm. we get a soundtrack full of these songs that, like, sometimes they sound very tribal with, like, the percussion or sometimes they just sound very ethereal and otherworldly and just the, the whole package is something that we don't tend to we, we don't typically listen to on a day-to-day basis mm. it's it really stands out in my opinion uh there uh yeah the, the game also yeah the game also had a lot of, yeah the game also had a lot of music 44 different uh, tracks so yeah and considering it's not like as long as a final fantasy game that that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly. So it's like you know, you know. I think it's before Sean. Uh, actually, 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 actually. I'm sorry. I think it was Joe who said this. Um, I would, you know, I would have very, you know, I would have been very curious to hear what the original, the original, what the original CD version of the soundtrack what that would yeah. sound like. Because if this is because this is this good. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine like the CD version? Yeah. Like yeah. would have been like. But. Um, I need to mention this a little bit, uh, a little bit, Joe. But do you want to expand upon your impressions about the graphics and music? Yeah, I mean, as I touched upon uh, earlier, that this game is gorgeous. Um, I think the graphics are great. I love the sprite work, especially the bosses that you encounter. Bosses are yes. huge sprites. Yep. They're well detailed. Um, th- they're downright menacing, um, especially if uh, you don't know the stamina system and you just mashing away a button. They're going to kick your butt. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- it's colorful. Um, 
it, everything about this, uh, like graphically, it just it puts a giant smile on my face. Uh, this is great, and then you couple that with the music, which uh, I wouldn't go as far as Sean and say that it's the greatest thing on the Super Nintendo, but also I wouldn't go, you know, as far as to say, well, there's other RPGs you should listen to the music for. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's great. It serves its purpose. It takes you on the journey. It accompanies that journey, and uh, I imagine that when it's all said and done, it's a wonderful experience wrapped up in a bowl. A bow. A bow, yep. not a bowl. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was too, so. It's a bowl of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with all that. You know, like I said before, I think that, you know, the, the bar in Super NES is set so high for RPGs because it's like there's so many there's so many, there's so many good games on there and good soundtracks too. It's like you know, so it's like anywhere else, this game would definitely be like a top five as far as the soundtrack goes. It's like, but still, it's a great soundtrack. I to soundtrack. I definitely agree with that. Um, what's your what's your favorite piece? Uh, piece if you can just pick one piece, Sean. So actually, it's probably. The, the title of the song is called Into the Thick of It. It's just the the song that you hear during a lot of the early game yeah. Grassland yep. areas. Okay, all right, yep, yep, yep. That is and a great like, piece. He, he, he did not have to go so hard on <laughs> a piece that is for just basic Grassland areas. But, man, every time I listen to that song, it's like it transports me, basically. <laughs> and that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that track alone that especially in that early game that makes you want to keep going you know what i mean yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's motivating um and like you said he didn't have to go that hard and just imagine <laughs> like if this was a cd cartridge combo as we have alluded that it possibly could have been um like imagine how much harder that track would have been <laughs> mm-hmm. yep definitely agree with all that so like i think that's most of the gameplay points here um uh, uh, before you move on, can I just say one more thing about the graphics? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, flying around on Flammy is amazing. <laughs> yes. Seeing the, yeah. the Mode 7 world below you and with the, the sky in the distance. Like, there, the first time I saw that, there was nothing like it, basically. On, I, I know there were plenty of other Mode 7 games on the Super Nintendo, but I don't know. There was something really special about that, specifically flying around with, with the world below you, and it's like you're just free to go in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually like a great point because like, you know uh, the actual the, the fast travel system the traffic fast travel system in this game like is pretty fun because uh, before you get that your main way like, your main way traveling around continents is flights to flights to flights to get yourself stuck to a candy yeah. shop. Yeah, it's which is just like going funny. like you cannot pay me enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no siree, I'm not doing that. So it's like that's pretty. Yeah, you know, that's pretty. But yeah, 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 it's pretty. But like great and comical at the same time. Later, many games also incorporate a similar thing. Mm. Uh, you know, I. It's like trying to cannon, but it, but yeah, it, but but yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, great. I was, so. that was one of the things I wanted to bring up before we moved on was the Cannon Brothers. Yeah. I love that element <laughs> of the game, um, and I mean, they were smart. Like it's an action RPG, so there should be fast traveling, and it's great that they mm. did it in this way. I thought it was great on the Super Nintendo version because you get that Mode Seven and everything. Um, it's just as good on the remaster. They don't really, uh, it does like a fade thing where you don't really see them fly through the air and they just kind of like 
plop on the ground when they land. Uh, but they they do like a little rolling animation as they come onto the ground and whatnot. Um, and the other thing that none of us touched on that I wanted to touch on before we move forward is uh, I thought this game had a great variety of weapons. Yeah, the weapons are fun. And and I love... Th- yeah, yeah, the weapons yeah, are very good. And also, like, this system had been seen before in Final Fantasy, um, but as you use your weapon and as you use magic spells, it levels it up and it gets more powerful. So obviously you want to try to be as versatile as possible and get those up. Um, different magic um, spells are... Uh, stronger against certain enemies. Um, bosses are weak to certain magic. Um, so that's one way that, that it helps you. And then um, orbs. You pick up orbs to be able to upgrade the weapons, which is really cool. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably the big thing that I actually liked most about this game is if I wanted to, I could go to the different towns, stop in the shops, buy some armor, buy some candy, literally buy some candy or um <laughs> or i could just say you know what i don't need to go to the store because i already went to this one store i got gear i'm pretty strong and you don't have to hunt for the best weapon you got the orbs the orbs help upgrade your weapon and then of course as you use it it gets more powerful um i pretty much stuck with the sword i really didn't need to change it much um, I, I had, uh, Randy had the sword, uh, Prim had, I think I, she had a bow or she had a, no, I gave her the spear and then, uh, was, uh, Poppy or Pappy or whatever the heck her name is. Yep, yep. I gave her, th- yeah, 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 the Sprite. I gave her the whip and between, you know, because she's just going to use magic anyway, so I was like, just give her the whip this way. When I need to, like, get across, like, a certain uh, part in the game, like, I could just whip the, you know, switch to her and use the whip, and they all move over and whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really like the fact that I didn't have to hunt down, like, it, it was like, I have the weapons for the most part. I have all the weapons I'm going to need, and now it's just, okay, I need to fight things to not only get stronger, but I need to collect orbs because then I can upgrade my gear. And occasionally I'll have to stop at a store when I reach a new village to look at what they have for sale as far as armor goes. But for the most part, pretty much what you buy when you first get into uh, Pandora, um, once you unlock Pandora, because they're all zombie-like, big thing, um, once that village is out of the spell and you're able to go into their what their uh armor shop pretty much you got the at least at that point in the game you had the best gear um and i'm thinking you know anytime after that it's probably going to be at least a village or two before i'm going to have to look in you know desperately look in the store and say i need to upgrade yeah, right. I think yeah. um, later in the game, having the best armor is pivotal. Right. The the last couple areas, uh, you see a huge damage increase from the enemies unless you have the best armor available. Mm. But yeah, for the most part, 
you don't have to fret about it too much. There are a couple of like rare armor drops from enemies, but I don't think they're necessary. I think is if you're just buying stuff, you'll get by. Mm. Yep, I definitely agree with like of all that. Um, I did notice, I did notice certain weapons just like more effective against uh, like a fire enemies. Um, but I think, uh, um, but I also agree with Joe. The sword, um, the sword, the, the, the sword of the threat I felt was that I felt was a good all around bounce weapon. I, I, yeah. I did use that a lot also. Um, uh, and then also uh, when you, uh, and also and also as you find elements, you also gain like more magic and like you know uh, the combination the combination of weapons and magic makes for like a very good combat system. Uh, Plus, also the fact that because of the you know you know because of the innovative ring system, it's pretty easy. Like, it's pretty easy to switch between them. Like yeah. you know, play like, attacking weapons, open the ring menu, pick pick a spell, have the spell be, 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 be have the spell be used, go back to attacking the weapon again. So, uh, it, uh, like it all makes for very like it all makes for a very seamless. Um, a pretty smooth gaming experience, uh, which helps to counteract the bad AI uh, and some of the frustrations uh, frustrations that you can have with like trying to deal yeah. with enemies, like whatnot. So, I also want to mention real quickly like, about the names. Uh, the Japanese version of the game had names. Uh, uh, the three names that uh, the three names that Joe, that Joe just mentioned uh, when the game came over in the West, however, that was one of the things I was cut from it. Uh, you had to name all the three characters, uh, the, the the three characters yourself. Uh, later versions of the game for the iOS and the remake uh, go back to using default yeah. names. So, um, so uh, I know, you, like, so I know you said a little bit about the weapon system, uh, Sean. Anything you want to add on to that? Um, so, one thing I think is really cool about it is that as you level up your weapons, you get like you can charge them up farther and unleash a stronger attack and each one of those charge levels has its own attack animation so they've they've programmed eight different charge attacks for each weapon <laughs> so there's like a, a ton of attack animations in this game and then the, the spells also their animations change as you level them up they like so it really feels like you're getting stronger in terms of both uh, weapons and magic as you're as you're going through the game it's not just the numbers that are increasing but they actually look flashier when you use them mm -hmm. yeah which is a very nice effect too so um but uh overall difficulty i thought this game was pretty was fairly easy. Uh, um, you know, back in the day, I, uh, back in the day, I thought the, about the same thing. Uh, I think I, I think the same thing here. As long as you're as long as you're, as long as you're taking the time and effort to upgrade your weapons and armor, as uh, as Chief as Chief like I was mentioning, um, there's some bosses that can give you a hard time for sure. Uh, and some of the you know, in, 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 in some of the places you go into are definitely confusing. The original game came with a map, which was a game with a map, which was like very very helpful. I definitely recommend having a map handy playing this because some of these places it's very easy to lock. In, but um, the overall game, the game I thought was like fairly easy for an action RPG. You know, easier than Zelda at least. Um, you know, because as far as the actual, as far as the actual combat and game experience went, um, do you guys feel the same way? Back in the day, well, I I, I struggled with it. I, I as I mentioned, I restarted the game many times. Um, nowadays, I definitely have a much better handle on it. I do think there's a pretty significant difficulty spike early on with the spiker, spiky tiger boss because yeah. you still don't, yeah, you don't have yeah, magic yeah, yeah, yet yeah. at that point. Right. And you, he's like right. hopping up to these ledges that you can only hit him with the bow from. Mm -hmm. And he, he's spinning all around the place and you can't really get out of his way a lot of the time. And his fire breath attack 
uh, keeps you stunned and continuously damages you. And so, like, for that fight, I always make sure that I have the best armor on everybody, <laughs> and I've got four candies and four chocolates yep. and four cups of wishes so that I have, like, I am as prepared as I can be for that fight. But after that point, it's generally not so bad. Um, there is one late game boss, uh, Egagropalon, which I've had some bad experiences with. I, I won't go into <laughs> too much detail about it, but let's just say he was uh, spamming magic way faster than he should have been able to in one case. Um and then the final boss, it's it's not that bad one when you know what you're doing and you've leveled up your magic enough. If you haven't, that, that fight can actually be a real pain. And something that I didn't know about that fight for many years is that the amount of damage that you do to the mana beast is um, determined by all of the of the hero's weapon levels and, and experience toward his next level with each of them. It's kind of weird that they, they made it that way. But, uh, like if you've only been using the sword with him the entire game, then you're going to do like pitiful damage to him. Whereas if you've leveled up all your weapons, then you'll cut through him like butter. It's, it's very strange, but now that I know that, like it, makes that fight so go so much more smoothly right. for me. Yeah, I always kept my weapons upgraded like all of them uh, like all of them so I didn't have that issue, but I definitely can understand uh like it was coming from. So uh I and I definitely agree with you like I totally, I totally, I totally agree with you about those bosses. So uh, that, that you mentioned uh, that you mentioned that those can be like some difficult things. The bosses I think are the bosses I think overall are uh, I, I think overall are some of the, some of the, you know, some of the most difficult things in this in this game, uh, especially you know, especially especially more so because your party members are not are, are not as helpful in those fights as you would like prefer them to be either. So uh, that also that also tends to that also tends to add to your frustration. That there's frustration. That's why I'm always switching between switch, 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 switch between the three, the three of them uh, to get them to do things that I want them to do. So uh, because for some of the bosses, I think that's kind of like a critical thing as far as if. Um, um, like as far as that goes. So I think generally with the bosses, if they have a weakness and most of them do, and you have mm -hmm. the ability to exploit that weakness and you just spam that element on them, then you can, you can beat them pretty easily. But then sometimes you run into a boss who either doesn't have a weakness or can cast a wall to protect themselves. And that's when the game tends to get a little mm -hmm. bit harder in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, so Joe, I know that you didn't play this version of the game for too long, but what was your overall uh, um, feelings? Feelings like as far as the like as far as the like as far as the difficulty. I mean, I thought the difficulty was fine. I agree with uh, Sean. The spiky tiger is like a huge difficulty spike that I was not expecting. Um, thankfully, uh, I got through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got through it because I was smart and had grinded my butt off, had a bunch of, you know, money and basically maxed out anything that could heal me as well as cups of wishes and everything else. So it was like, I was continuously healing. And if I somehow missed someone and they died, I had at least a couple wish to bring them back. I even had a couple barrels, which 
let me tell you, I get why the barrel is an item and it can help, but for the most part, the barrel is useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't ever use the barrel. <laughs> like, I thought it would be good for, like, boss fights, because it's like, oh, someone's, like, weak, so throw them in a barrel, they'll be protected for X amount of time, it'll give me enough time to, you know, build up magic points to be able to cast a heal or whatever, but, yeah, it just never worked strategically for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, you know, there is, at least the game does allow a little bit, a little bit of flexibility in trial and error as far as, like, as far as, um, as far as that goes. You know, like Sean said, you find the weakness of the boss is critical, um, but there are ways to brute forge your way through boss fights, too, as well, if you can't find it. So, you know, the game does give you some flexibility as far as that, um, uh, as far as that goes, at least. Um I think that's so. I think that's most of the major things we talked about here. Um, before I go on to things like you know, uh, uh, like reviews and the remake, and to like you know, like um, and like temporary thoughts. Um, anything, anything else like about the game itself that that you would like to talk about? Not really. Yeah, I think I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the game, like, so obviously, like, so obviously, the game, um, uh, 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 the game got well received and well reviewed, as I already mentioned before. You know, it was, like it was very, very, like, it was a very popular game when it came out. It, it came out. It's a very popular game today. Um, the, the, uh, you know, you know, the game got very high scores when it came out across magazines, magazines across the board. Uh, Edge gave it nine out of ten. EGM gave it thirty five out of forty. Uh, Famitsu gave it thirty three out of forty. Uh, Game Pro gave it 18 out of 20, Nintendo Power gave it 3.9 out of 5, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, you know, very high marks across the board as far as that game went. Um, it didn't, it, it, it was one of the games, which, it was one of the games that kind of built off slowly by word of mouth because the original game, the original game did not have a big marketing push. I'm trying to remember. I meant to. I meant to look to see if this game had a commercial made for it. Because I, because I don't remember seeing a commercial like this game. But when, uh, during time period, when many games did have commercials for them, so um, it, it built up slowly. But as time passed uh, and word of mouth spread, like how good a game, uh, like how good a game uh, that it was. Um, you know. You know the game did sell better. It never sold as well as it did in Japan, obviously, but the game did sell well enough in both North America and Europe uh, that the game, I mean, the game not only not only had a very wide wide scale fan base because of that, but it also but, but it also made Square a pretty hefty profit. Um, you know, they estimated uh, Square themselves estimated they estimated the Square themselves estimated estimated in two thousand three uh, that about like altogether altogether Secret of Mana and it's very. Um, uh, between uh, 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 Secret Man had sold about had sold, sold almost two million copies uh, worldwide uh, between the three regions, and for ninety for nineties game, that was a pretty good sales figure. So, so, as far as advertising goes, I remember in just about every magazine and comic book at the time was a uh, double page spread, and it was like the giant tree that you see. Um, on the, um, the box cover with the forest and whatnot, and the, the character is super small. And then, um, it, it, you know, basically kind of did like a quick, here's, here's what's going on. It's like, you know what I mean? Like the world's life force, you know, is mana and like, it explains that. And then it's like, you know, um, it's been shattered the four wins, there's one warrior, 
one weapon holds it all. You know, they, it was a very artful way of advertising the game. They didn't tell you too much, but they told you enough to get you at least interested in having the double spread and seeing this giant forest. Um, it, it definitely left an impression. Like I said, I remember seeing that in, you know, yeah, comic books and magazines. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 I yeah. also saw yeah. that. So, uh, commercials, I mean, the Japanese have always had commercials for, like, every freaking video game that's come out, and we seem to only True. have, like, Mario <laughs> commercials. Like, everyone's buying Mario. You don't need to release a commercial for it, but, you know, it is... Uh, or you get the Mortal Kombat! <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so... I think, you know, like, Square... Square didn't make a lot of commercials for their games. I mean, like, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy uh, 3, you know, AKA 6 had right. one. Um... But you know, outside of that, I don't remember seeing any like the games for a long time. So, um, but yeah. So uh, having having said that, you know, Secret of Man is selling pretty well in the West. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure some people listening to the podcast are probably wondering, probably wondering, probably wondering, wondering right now. Well, why didn't why did why did the sequel the sequel to the game? Uh, um, uh, 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 I guess translated in the West. Well, there's a the, the, well, there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons commonly given, like for that. One of them being that the game. Um, I'm in the game. Uh, I'll use a Japanese name. Uh, like a second, did such a three had some programming and/or bug issues that you know, I, you know, that would have required considerable time and cost to have, to have them fixed for fixed for, for like Western release. Uh, they also uh, also brought up the fact that the game was so big, even bigger secret of mana, that it would require a very expensive, exp- uh, um, expensive cart. And Square on uh, um, uh, and Square Ultimate decided that the project would have cost too much money that it wasn't worth it. I could see that because that game has uh, three different final bosses and three different yeah. endings, <laughs> and like yeah. six characters to choose from. That like you pick one as the main character, and then the other two as your companions. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually, Sean, I, I was going to say the uh, uh, the last the last commonly the last common commonly said set of reason or reason is that uh, there wasn't room on the cart for flavor translation either. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah. So we didn't. Yes, yeah, so we didn't get the game released released officially in the West. There were. There were fan-made uh, translation patches that Sean mentioned, but we didn't get the game officially uh, officially officially released to reads in the West. Uh, flight, flight of the collection uh, was in the flight, flight, flight of the name like you know, trial mana. Uh, the name was picked by the way because um, you know try means three, which is the third game in the franchise. Uh, like also because it refers to the trials, the protagonists, and the three of the six characters can be selected uh, for uh, selected for triangle stories. So there's kind of like some some reason behind the name pick uh, that it was there. So um, I definitely want to play Trials of Mana. Um, you know, I only you know I only dip my toes into it a little bit. Uh, check it out in the collection. It seems like it, um, it seems very similar to Secret of Mana, just like a pro version of it. So uh, Sean, you said that you enjoyed the game even more than. Like one Secret of Mana, right? I don't think I would say I enjoyed it more than Secret of Mana, but I guess kind of I have a bias. Secret of Mana is the one that I grew up with. Sure. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I un- I recognize that Trials I- improved a lot of the the mechanics and reduced a lot of the jank. Mm. But there's just that nostalgia factor with Secret of Mana for me and the the music. Like, there's no yeah. other experience like it for me. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, and so, and so, yeah, it's also like Secret of Mana. Trials of Mana has also gotten like a full, like a full 3D remake on Modern Systems. So, uh, I definitely am curious, curious by that version is at some point, to, at some point in the future too. Um, we can go ahead and talk about the remake here at this point. I, I did want to play the remake, but. But the show charging forty dollars for the remake uh, of this on Steam. So uh, and trials, uh, uh, and the, the trials of Mana remake is still going for fifty dollars. And it's like so, I already spent thirty dollars up like on the collection on the Switch. So I'm like, I've already spent so much money this year on games. I just can't justify the cost for this right now at this point. So I did check out some. So I did, like I did watch some YouTube videos on it. Um, I agree with what like I agree like I agree with what Joe said about it. Uh, it definitely looks like a very uh, very graphically the graphic of the game the game's beautiful. Uh, the the improved script seems like it's very faithful to faithful to the, like the original Japanese Japanese script. They definitely fixed some of the issues uh, such as the, the buggy AI the, the original game had. Uh, that said, uh, the the remake is very divisive. Uh, and Sean, you probably would understand uh, exactly why people people grew up the game like you and me tend to just like um, gen- generally have said that they just like that they just like a lot of the, they just like a lot of the changes because they grew up with the original game and you know like blind by nostalgia like all other stuff. Whereas people from Joe's perspective who've never played the game before in the first place love the game and the fact that it's a very approachable, very easy to play game uh, uh, like to modern gamers. So I guess your experience with the remake would kind of depend upon where you're coming from. Yeah, I I have I haven't seen much of the remake myself, but I know a couple of people who played the original back in the day and tried the remake and were not fans of it. Yeah, where Joe said he just said that he prefers like prefers the remake like, the, 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 uh, I like, like prefers the remake over the, the first, first remake of the game yeah. over the original game too. So, but. Um, yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I yeah I didn't realize the game came out so long ago. So, 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 so long ago that the beat actually that, that they had the game. It's like wow, that's a blast yeah. of the past. But um. <laughs> so the cool thing uh, to just build off of that. So we have um, the modern version of Trials of Mana. We have that remaster remake of Secret of Mana, and they also released Adventure of Mana in 2020 which is a full-on remake of Final Fantasy Adventures. So the second remake. There actually was an earlier remake, like, like the game like on the GBA. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so. a second remake. But, yeah, so now you can play all of them in glorious 1080p um, yeah. if, if you would like. Um, I don't know what they're going for on the PS4 store, but um, I do know that they're all available on the Vita or PS4. I don't know if all of them are available on Steam or not. Well, I know the remakes for like uh, you know, like you know, like I just said, like I know the remakes for um, uh, uh, the remakes of the remakes of Secret and, of Secret and Trial like are, like are on yeah. there. I don't know about the other games, but um, I didn't enjoy the remakes uh, the, the remakes of Final Fantasy Adventure as much as much as the original game for what it was for for reasons for various reasons. I, I mean, they're fine games, but you know, again, it's like I think they kind of lost some of the charm that the original game had to be at least. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of you know, you 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 you're kind of the same issue. There's kind of same issue that they're just talking about as far as the you know as far as the um uh, you know as far as the remake of secret of mana goes so um sean are you interested in playing the remake of secret of mana like at some point i kind of feel like i don't need to that's fair i i'm i'm just i'm I'm so ingrained with the original that 
that's just the that's the version for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I get it. So, but yeah. um, I mean, I get it. Like if they released a remaster or remake of like Lunar, I I don't know if I would a- approach that. You know what I mean? Um, they kind of did you that mean- on the on the PSP. Yeah, they say they kind of already like did that already. Kind but. of, kind <laughs> of. Um, and and it, it was okay. I still haven't beaten it, and there's a reason for that because I love the original so much, and I mean the original as in the first remake, which was on the PlayStation. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that version so much that um, for me, that's the definitive way to play it. They can come yeah. out with a thousand different versions of it. I'm still going to go back and play that one, so I completely get it. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, so, okay. So we're finishing up here. Uh, contemporary, like, so contemporary, contemporary views of this game starts, like, start very positive. Uh, many, you, many people still, like, put in, like, the, the uh, 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 the many folks still put in their greatest games of all time, uh, collection, 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 like, a whatnot, uh, for sure. So, um, you know, like, but there were stories that came out, by the way, which confirmed, which confirmed, uh, I got the idea earlier when I said before that the Rocky development to Secret of Mana was one reason that Square decided to move away uh, from Nintendo consoles to Sony consoles. Mm. I didn't get that out of thin air. There were several books and in interviews that came out to the 2000s yeah. that, talk, that talked about that. So, um, you know, I do want to say that just 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 to set the sources like we're going to play our stuff from. How true that is, I don't know. I definitely do know that the people with the developers are very unhappy about being forced by their bosses to keep the game on cart um uh, to move the game to cart when so much of the game had been designed to plan around C D. So uh, it probably uh, you know I'm sure it had some influence on it, but you know how much uh, um, you know, but but this game came out three years three years before Square actually Square actually abandoned Nintendo's kind of systems and moved over to the PlayStation. So how much that I, how, how much that actually played the, the, that I, that I don't know. But um, but uh, but the ring menu system definitely definitely has been copied. One magazine called it uh, mimicked. Uh, many times in many other games like over the years, and so um, and so being used in some games. Uh, well, many games today uh, t- today uh, today it's like a matter of. Um, I uh, like one form or another. So uh, there definitely is some. There definitely is some lasting influence and influence and inspiration that this game that this, that this game took. So uh, it also inspired Square to like it also inspired Square to to a um, to put. To put a team, a new team of developers, Red, Red Washington, uh, which was the start of SquareSoft, uh, uh, the U.S. branch of the company, to to design an American uh, an American version of this game that was similar to Secret of Mana, uh, but was more Americanized and uh, Americanized. And that project ended up becoming Secret of Evermore, which we're going to talk about later on. You later on this year, like Zone podcast. Um, did you play that game, Sean? I played a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, it's very different to Secret Man in some ways, but you know, but you know, um, but you know, like without, um, play without, I played it also back in the day, like without getting into, without getting into uh, too much. There are some things Secret of Evermore that Evermore that I definitely like more than Secret of Mana. So, um, you know, it, like it would be fun to talk about that. Uh, fun to get to that for sure. So, but um, anyway, so. Um, let me also just finish up with final thoughts. The thing else I also saw uh, when researching like this game, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, my opinions about this game and whatnot. Uh, many people, many people do love this game. Uh, you know, especially folks, 
uh, who, who grew up with it back in the day. Um, it's also it, it, it's also very commonly said, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this, like uh, your, your thoughts about this as well, uh, Sean and Joe. Uh, it, it's also very commonly said. It seems, and, and, this, and this opinion seems to be most most often reflected by people who did not grow up this game back in the day, but played it more in recent years, that they think the game is overrated. Uh, you know, they think that they, um, you know they think this game really is not as great as people have made it out to be because of nostalgia. So uh, it's definitely I definitely see both sides of that argument because it's like I do think this game, while good, is not like like not amazing. I definitely do think some of it. Uh, so I definitely do, but I definitely do, I definitely do agree that some of the some of the hype of this game may be built up a little bit too much. I'm sure you heard all of the hype uh, for this game before you're playing it, Joe. So uh, I'm curious to hear like. So I'm curious to hear like, your take um, about this whole like you know is it really is it really still a good is it still, is it still really a great game today versus like versus like the person you know, like this is terribly overhyped. So coming to this game as a new gamer, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, so I mean, I think any game that is older and has the mystique as Secret of Mana does. In my opinion, all those games are overhyped. All of them. Uh, because you will never be able to beat the power of nostalgia. Period. End of story. Um, as far as whether I think this game holds up as the masterpiece that some people hold it to, um, I personally don't feel that way. But also, I understand why people do hold it to that standard. Um, again, I'm a Genesis kid. Um, so I, I lived with the mystique of what the Super Nintendo was, what was being <laughs> done on the Super Nintendo, and I could not obtain that. Uh, that was like something I could see from afar, but I couldn't touch it. Yeah, I guess the closest <laughs> game that came on Genesis, the Genesis, just to demand like was like Crusaders of Cantry, but that still has some very remarkable differences to it, and that game did not sell very well at all. So yeah. That's like a, so that's like that's one of the most expensive games in the system, uh, system these days, by the way. So just a side note, but so uh, yeah, I, yeah, I totally get that. So yeah, so I I enjoyed it, and like I said, I you know I didn't get it relatively very far. Um, actually, I was looking at a strategy guide um, while right before we recorded, and I realized I'm probably about a quarter of the way through the game. So I, oh, yeah, sounds about yeah, right, so yeah. I still got a little bit to go. I, I feel like I have, I have my opinions because I did experience what I have of the game, but my opinion shouldn't be held. Uh, it, it should be held with a grain of salt because I have not completed the game. I don't have the full experience. So yes, I have some gripes. I have some issues, but for the most part, 98% of this game is fantastic, and I highly recommend it, whether you play the Super Nintendo version, or you really should play the remaster, um, <laughs> and then absolutely you should check this game out. Okay, yep, that's fair. Um, a good argument. Um, so, Sean, what do you think? You know, um, how well does this game hold up to you today? And well, I'm pretty much on the opposite side of the joke here. Um, I grew up loving it. I still love it, but I understand why people nowadays may not think it stands up to the hype. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's a very personal game. Um, as I mentioned, 
it got me into RPGs with the just the the top down Zelda action of it and like the ring menu. I understood that better than the strictly text based menus of uh, turn based RPGs and all that helped me get into turn-based RPGs later on. So, like, it was really important in that sense. And I, I also want to mention one other way in which this this game uh, was really pivotal in my uh, gaming history. It was probably the... F- I, I know we've already, like, talked about the story and how it is kind of simplistic compared to e- even other RPGs at the time, but it is probably the first game I ever played that made me sad. Mm. I don't think too many other games prior to it really evoked much emotion in me, but that that moment early in the game when you get kicked out of your village and the the music playing there yeah. it just like sets the mood, yeah. and then you talk to the elder and he... he talks about how he found you when you were a baby and then the music gets even more sad (laughs) and like I had never felt something like that from a video game before and then there are some moments late in the game too that I I won't go into them in detail but they also evoke similar kind of emotions and so yeah this game kind of taught me that video games can make you emotional yeah, I, I, it was just something I hadn't really even thought about as a possibility mm. before. Sure. Yep. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, either of you guys have played the like, Wild Arms, but that whole, I you know, the Wild Arms also opens up. They like, the, the, also opens up. Like, also opens up with like very, like very very similar scenes. So close to the fact that Wonder Woman's on direct inspired by Secret of Mana, where it's like uh, you're orphan in a small village, you do a good deed, you get out of the town. Sad music plays, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's like so, yeah, so very very similar. So, and yeah, you know, I've not played all. Yeah, 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 I've not played a lot of Mana games, but the, but the but all the many games I have played, they all have some of like uh, they they all they all do great emotional emotional scenes in those games. Uh, the developers of these games really seem to know how to like pull in the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Like the combination of just like not a lot of words, just a lot of words, just a few right words plus the music to add, yeah. to, add to it. It all makes a very powerful combination. So, because Final Fantasy Adventure, even though it's a more simplistic Game Boy game than this is, still had some heartstring moments in it as well, too. So, I think the band, the band, the band have always done an excellent job of that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm probably, yeah, so I'm probably like in the middle. Um, you know, I think that uh, I definitely think it is easier to play this game if, if you have experience with older games of the uh, of older games the older games the older games of this type. Um, you know, I think a modern gamer can approach this uh, from first perspective, but maybe but but they would have some frustrations and difficulties for sure. So whether or not uh, 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 whether or not you play the Super NES version or the remake, I think um, I think for me at least comes down to your own personal perspective and who you are as a person, what your experience with. Uh, 
as a, like as a video gamer and with games of this type of uh, type of in the past, I don't think you can go wrong playing the remake. The remake may have issues, um, you know, but no game is perfect. And I think that you know that I and that from what I've seen of it, I've seen of it, and from what Joe has talked about, I, th I think the remake does polish off the rough edges uh, for somebody for, for like somebody coming to somebody coming to the game or game or this series like the first time. So um, I definitely um, I'm definitely curious to play. To play the fourth game in the franchise, which I think was a, um, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, oh, what was the fourth game? The fourth game in the series called. I, th I think it was called a, um, uh, uh, like Dawn of Mana, which I, uh, 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 which I totally missed. Uh, that was a PS2 game only. It looks like so. Uh, so let's not emulate that. And you know, and you play this game. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Really, I wasn't really excited about Visions of Mana when it was announced. But announced. But announced. But now that I have a mana, a mana whistle wedded again per se. <laughs> I definitely am curious. I. I um. Um. I'm definitely curious. Curious to play the game that comes up later on this year. Uh, it will not be a day one buy for me, but I definitely will keep an eye out for it and probably pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up when it goes on sale. So, uh, because yeah, I'm curious what people say about it yeah, when yeah, it comes out. Yeah. Because I think if they can keep the same classic great gameplay that Mana has with like with like modern gameplay features, it, it should be like a great game. Uh, the, the trailer, uh, the trailer, the trailer we saw at the first look of the game does look very promising. So, uh, uh, so we see. So, like Sean said, like uh, you know, I'm very curious. I'm very, very curious to see to see what the final product is. And I just want to add, um, if there's anybody who has never played uh, Secret of Mana and you're looking to Try the game out. Decided to make the the dive. Um, there is a very helpful website. Um, it's uh, Um They have a bunch of guides, but their guide for Secret of Mana is it gives you just enough information so that you don't get lost. Um, this is how I found the guide because I got lost. Um, <laughs> and it, it doesn't spoil a single thing. So it'll tell you directions that you need to go. It'll tell you why you need to go in that direction very vaguely as the story has, you know, already told you. And, uh, it, it doesn't spoil anything, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the original, um, uh, uh, the original, the original, the original Super NES release, by the way, came with like a full size, full size strategy guide plus also the map with it because uh, a the game, the game needed it, uh, and b Square, <laughs> Square is always. Square's always very good with their games back in the day, like about including that stuff. I mean, Final Fantasy had it. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy two and three had it. Um, I'm pretty sure other games had uh, uh, the Crow Trigger had something. Crow Trigger like had a map at least, I think. But uh, yeah, they they always very good like about loading their games and stuff like that. So. Yeah, a map would have been helpful. Um, I'll I'll admit that, but also like me just kind of. Oh, I'm back where I, I began. How the hell did I get here? Uh, doing that a couple times. Uh, you know, it, I if I had found a map, and I probably could have just Googled, you know, Secret of Evermore map and probably gotten it. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to be playing this game and I'm going to be trying to get through it, like, I'm going to at least want to some sort of walkthrough to kind of give me an idea of what's direction i should be going and whatever else and i still think i went to things out of order so you know it it's it's there if you need it 
Yeah, I definitely think a guide, a, a guide, a guide on hand is helpful for this game. I, um, you know, I didn't need to use a guide, but I definitely can see places, places where a guide can definitely help, especially with, like trying to figure out, you know, weakness, weakness for a boss or whatever. The map, though, I, as, I, as I said before, is critical. I think I, I, I think I played the map, so I was, like to play the map back then. Yeah, but I play. Um, you play to a map now. I think like you know the map definitely is like a very lifesaver thing. If nothing else, you want to have a map for this game handy. Yeah, yeah. There aren't a lot of like really recognizable landmarks in nope. the game. So <laughs> <laughs> that it, it helps to have a map. Uh, you know, early video games. You know, like you know, they didn't give you. You know, they didn't give you any help like modern games do. You, you often had to like you struggle. You know. They you know, have like a strategy guide or friends to help you out. You help you out. You're kind of like SOLs for this. You know, like trying to figure out where to go, and what to do next. Yep. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm glad the game or uh, so like I'm glad the so like I'm glad the game originally originally came with like a guide and a map at least. Now I'm happy to run to the game. Like I, uh, I, I'm like Sean. You probably didn't have access to that stuff back in the day. So, um, you know, like. But you know, like the, the because the rental market wasn't gonna, the the, the the rental shops the rental shops certainly certainly like we're gonna include that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I for for the most part when I played the game I was on my own. Mm-hmm. But my my friend who owned the game he did have that strategy guide, so I've I had seen it before at least. Yes, <laughs> you knew help was out there. You just couldn't attain it. <laughs> uh, uh, so. All right. Um, so before we move on to a uh, um, uh, you know like uh, cheats, bugs, and uh, bugs, and eBay prices to wrap things up, uh, any last thoughts that either of you guys like say about this game? No, I think we pretty much covered this thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think I ra- wrapped everything up that I wanted to say yeah. about it. So yes, yeah, so I mentioned before there are numerous bugs, uh, 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 bugs and issues with this game, uh, which by which about the favorite speedrunners? Because seriously, I encourage you to watch some of the videos on YouTube. It's great to see how things broken. So, um, <laughs> some of the more like so I only like I only made note of like the most infamous or famous uh, cheats and bugs that this game has. One of them is called the Mana Sword Permanently Bug, where it's possible to get the Mana. I know that one. Yep. Uh, we can do a certain things with the game, including like you know like. Um, you're like doing doing soft resets for five seconds or whatever. There's the, 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 the there's an exact process to follow with this. Uh, why it works, I don't know. I had to look online to see if there's like a deep guide explaining uh, uh, explaining why it works. But anyway, it's possible. But anyway, it's possible to do this. Possible to do this to, uh, to do this to get, to get the banner sword permanently and very early in the game. We don't have to have it. So um, that's a huge help. Really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, other big sheets of the game, you can avoid magic attacks uh, by using like a pygmy hammer, uh, you know, aka Moogle Belt. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um, the power version of the game has a way to be able to disarm traps, traps and chests. Uh, oh. That's, that's only present in that version of the game, uh, uh, and it's a way to force your way back into Portal's Village, which is the village that you could exile from at the start mm, of the game. I've heard of that one. So. Yeah. Um, uh, spoiler! Don't do that. So don't do that early in the game. You need to have, uh, you need to have the dragon uh, before you can, the dragon lead it to lead the village once you force it back. Once yeah. you force your way back into it. So, uh, so be warned about that. Uh, there's also there's also Easter egg. There's also Easter egg you can do of a code that shows you the developer's name. Um, let me, uh, uh, by the way, real quick, the developer of this game, uh, Nasser. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how to say. His, his, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to say his name correctly. But like Middle Eastern, I, I think it's like Nasser. Uh, it's like a Bowie, very famous, 
very famous programmer in Japan. He's worked on numerous games over the years. So, uh, very skilled developer. So, like this game, definitely a top notch. Um, you had top, um, you had a, um, a top notch uh, staff behind it. Uh, you know, experienced programmers, experienced, experienced producers, and a first time music, you know, first time music guy. You know, he really, as, as we already mentioned, he. he he really, you know, he really, he really hammered a home run like the soundtrack. So, um, you know, I think the, I think that, I, I, so I think one of the reasons the game, the game turned on as well as did it is because Square has such an experienced staff working, you know, experienced, experienced, experienced staff working and working on this game. Uh, it definitely shows. So it's a, like, so definitely. Yeah. Like even, even though it's tragic that we lost 40% of the game or whatever, yeah. it's a miracle that it still ended up as good as it did. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this game, so this this game obviously is very popular still even today. Uh, there's there's tons of there's tons of copies available. There's tons of copies of this game available on eBay if you want to buy one. Uh, 182 copies of the game I found on eBay. Somebody uh, uh, just searched recently. 241 copies of the game that sold recently. Um, because this game is so popular, prices of the game the prices of the game held up pretty well over the pretty well over the years uh, because it, you know because it's such a, a classic game. So these prices are a bit higher than higher than you than you receive for your average Super NES game, which is why I was a bit surprised. I guess the high side high side I should be surprised uh, that repos of the game do exist. Um, <laughs> they all have like they they always. They they always they always different labels, so at least you can recognize. Uh, well, 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 these all the ones I saw on eBay all different labels, so it's it like very easy to it like very easy to recognize which ones which ones are repo versus like original copies. Um, the sellers selling the repos also also mentioned that they used to translate it to translate ROM of the uh, ROM of the game, which has which has improved which has improved English like like scripted the game as well too. So. so, so like to care about that. So that's something to look that, that you know, you have something to look into as well as like like well also. Uh, that same that same that same version of the game is of course floating around online as raw. I'm just saying if you want to have a physical you know physical form, these people these people these people have done that for you like already. Um, the repo sell card only. Uh, these prices, these prices all include shipping. By the way, uh, repos the repos of the game selling for for selling for twenty one fifty to to. To twenty-seven dollars and fifty cents. So, uh, carts only. This game, original, original, authentic carts have sold anywhere wildly ranging prices. Have sold anywhere from twenty dollars to seventy-six dollars, depending upon the, the, the you know, depending on condition. And CIA copies of the game also wildly ranging. It depends upon uh, condition and completeness. Uh, the most beat up basic cart manual, uh, cart manual, cart uh, box combination I found so like so eighty-one dollars. Uh, the best example I found: pristine, complete, factory new, almost uh, all packing, including uh, manual, manual advertisements, poster, the whole nine yards. Uh, so for whopping four and sixty dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this this, this is still yes, yes, this is still a pretty expensive, expensive game to add to your collection, uh, like you're collecting these days. Um, which is why I'm glad that the game that would. Which one I'm glad the game is available in so many ways still these days legally. So, um, you like to say before, uh, it's available on the, uh, it's available in the collection, it's available, it's available on the Super NES, uh, the MIDI, it's available, it's available on the phone, uh, plus also the remake, the remake available, the remake available on Steam and the PS4. So, uh, you know, this game is, uh, understandably still very easy, they're still very easy to find, find and play today if you want to. So, um, anyway, so, um, 
we have to like, finally have that taken care of. That's probably, the, like I said before, that was the, this is probably the most famous game still left on our list of games we hadn't covered yet. Uh, there are still, um, you know, you don't get me wrong. There are still, you know, there are still, there are so many popular Super NES games that we are going to cover. Uh, we, we, you know, Joe and I think we've, uh, Joe and I think we have a pretty good list to plan for the year. But as far as like reputation and sales, I, I think this game is, I think this game is probably definitely the last, the last, the last biggie that we hadn't covered yet in terms of the podcast. So uh, hopefully, you fans out there. Thought we did this justice. Like I said before, we, we only we were, and like I said before, we only scratched the surface. There are much deeper dives that this game franchise you can go into on podcasts and YouTube, uh, like if you want to as well. So I highly encourage people to check it out, check those out if they're interested, uh, like additional content. So um, anyway, uh, Sean, great to have you on the podcast again. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your memories and experiences, experiences like this game. It was fun to talk about somebody who loved the game and knew more about it even more than I did. So, um, <laughs> no problem. I, so I think you, I think you, so I think you, I think you contribute a lot to it. And, and Joe and I like, well, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. I'll be out here. So You're welcome. Um, we, we will see you again on the future, in a future podcast this year. Uh, I leave the, uh, you know, I, you know, I leave that game to be a surprise at this point, but <laughs> uh, we are planning to have Sean back at some point as well. Also. Um, and Joe, and Joe, um, so I'm going to, um, you know, you know, I'm glad I finally got to cover this game with you. Um, uh, your impression of the game is pretty much what I thought that's going to be. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but I am delighted to hear you are going to like, you know, I'm going to keep playing the game, uh, the remake of the game at least, uh, because you know, I am, I am definitely, I am definitely, definitely curious to hear your final thoughts on this game by having you finish it. Yeah. I mean, I ran into Thantos, uh, he stole Pamela and Dylok. And he went and disappeared. Like I, I have to continue, right? Like, who am I to stop the adventure there? <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. So, um, all right, gents. Uh, um, you know, uh, 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 thank you again for both of you to be on here with me. Um, and thank you very much for everybody out there listening to the podcast. We always appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, you can feel free to leave us a Facebook page. Or you can also send me an email directly. Uh, to this podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, Joe, where are going to reach you at? You can reach me at J O E S U X 30 on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, also, I have a very public Facebook, and I do a, another podcast called The Radical Retro Roundup, not family friendly, uh, especially in my newest episode where we uh, cover the Slim Shady LP, which was released 25 years ago today as of this recording. Um, and obviously, uh, since we cover that album, I play the tracks and we talk about the impact that Eminem had. And obviously there is vulgar language there. So just be mm. mindful, but I definitely want you to check it out. <laughs> cool. Uh, awesome. Um, uh, Sean, do you have anything that you want to like uh, plug, promote, ask for help with, et cetera? Um, I'll, I'll just plug the same thing that I did last time. I have a video game music quiz on sporkle.com um if you search for the 100 song video game music gauntlet you should find it um it's not an easy quiz it covers a very wide range of games um but this game is on it just like act razor was um yeah that's that's about it (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, uh, I meant to take that last time, but I forgot about it. So, but like, feel free to bug me again about it. Uh, because, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I am curious. I am curious. 
Yeah, because I'm curious. I can try it out myself. So, um, um, alrighty, folks. Uh, as always, as always, thank you very much. Um, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, and thank you for giving us uh, your part of your day. Uh, we'll see you again next time in two weeks. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Be well. Oh, next time on the podcast, we're covering a much lighter game because Joe <laughs> and I have covered some heavy hitters recently, so we want something that's more light and breezy. We're going to be covering Super R Type, uh, which was a very early IRM shooter uh, for the system. So, uh, look forward to that next time. Uh, thank you as always for joining us, and we'll catch you again later. Uh, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Be well. And thank you again. Bye. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Team Pong Power.